Hello and welcome to the Huddersfield Town Social. My name is Greg Moran. Joining me as ever, Cameron Pope, the man from down under in Kilroy. Back is the Mr. Sponsorman, Andy Kay, and uh, back from the dead, Matt Gabrielli, who we haven't seen for a while, supping on his Ribena. Um, hope you've all had a great festive period or made the best of it. Um, it's been a bit strange, hasn't it? And I would wish you a Happy New Year, but I do believe this year is going to be just as shit as the last one. Um, such is life. Um, Huddersfield Town, though, have had an interesting festive period. Defeats against Barnsley on Boxing Day and, and Reading yesterday. Book ended a very good win at well against Blackburn. Uh, exactly a year to the day since we did it again. Reliving the memories about Steve Mounier. What what a life and what a world we once lived in. But we're going to go focus on uh, the most recent game first, which is Reading two one. Decent first half by Huddersfield Town, but um, lack of quality and a lack of depth, probably the two things that caused Huddersfield Town to implode somewhat and a, a very good Reading side in the second half took control and ran out very, very worthy winners despite those fans claiming it was all the rest's fault. Um, but Cam, you were there. Um, it just seemed to me that Town ran out of gas and a much better side won. Well, I think we were. I think that exactly explains it there, Greg. I think we were humbled by a much better side. I was really hoping when I got the team sheet at two o'clock that I wasn't going to see the name Lucas Schwab. He's been out for five games with a soft tissue injury uh, since Birmingham. I thought they might wait till after the FA Cup game against Luton next week to just rest him. Wasn't expecting him to, see, to go to go straight uh, into the starting eleven. I don't think he even changed the game as much as Michael Alisa did when he came on in the second half. They've got two class players that could definitely cut it at a higher level. Okay, he's missed five games in a row now, Schwab, and he's got. 14 goals in all competitions this season. Now he's got 16. So, you know, on the face of it, I don't think we can tear our hair out over this one. Barnsley was a different story, uh, but this one, OK, we had the lead in it. However, the momentum was always swinging back towards them. It just took them a bit longer to warm up. But there were some good individual performances in that game. We saw the very best and the very worst of town. I thought Fraser Campbell just showcased himself as a workhorse once again. He covers so much ground. He's a threat. He scored. Janino Bakuna, well, at a time where he really needed to step up to the plate. He's put in two great shifts now for me. He started really well. He doesn't try the unnecessary skill quite as much anymore. We hear Carlos shouting at him from the touchline a little bit less. Uh, Peeper, again, always a threat, though he can get caught out with unnecessary flashiness. I think it was a shame once again. Something just isn't going quite right for that man, and he clearly, clearly needs a break when we see uh, Plymouth come up uh, next week. Isaac Benzer, fantastic assist for Fraser Campbell. We've really found a player, but you can't ignore the fact that he should have scored. But Overall, overall, my take on what we saw on Saturday is we have got an on-field 11 that can part the Red Sea with a pass. We've got goal threats. We play flowing football down the wings and we can cause teams problems from threats as well, uh, from set pieces as well, like we saw um, from Naby Sarr against Blackburn. But we're going to be caught out by the same old issue that's played us um, since the start of Phil's tenure and even before that, you could say. I don't want to lay all the blame at his door. And that is, and you're all going to say it, gents, we're so overly reliant on an exclusive core of players and we have nothing in reserve. And as soon as injury hits or suspension hits, or God forbid, you might even want to rotate your squad. We are wholly, wholly exposed and the cracks are already showing. And I don't want to single this one man out because I think he's had, had a very strong season uh, to say that, you know, he's already played, what, nine games in a season that you probably expect him to play that maybe all season. And that's Romani Evans-Green. 
for me, that was his poorest showing in a blue and white shirt. But I think it's unfair to saddle him with the blame for defeat. And I won't. He's a lad, again, who we expect to be draft, drafted in off the bench for cameos every now and again. And he's playing week in, week out. He's scored. He's not making a bad impression at all. I don't think that for the most part of the game, he looks out of place. He certainly uh, dealt with Joao well in the first half. He was coming through to make sure he dealt with the aerial ball, sniffing out when the quick free kick was played over the top uh, by Swift. He certainly has the nous to make it in the game. He's just naive, needs to learn, needs to develop. But I think we're running the risk of hampering these lads' development. I think we are putting too much pressure on their backs. And you can't develop properly uh, when the stakes are that high. Perhaps you could even say the same for Iting as well. I know he's a few years older. He's not a teenager anymore. But he has spent a couple of years out of the game with long-term injuries. So he's still in that crucial early development phase. Carlos is a youth specialist. Most of his career has been spent dealing with young players like at Leeds. And that's how he got the town job. So he'll know this. He, he was brought in knowing that we were going to have a young squad. So God knows we need to help him out, OK? Goodness knows we're doing better than expected. And I'm going to throw one out here, and I'm going to say something quite brave. And I think that at this point in the season, uh, on 31 points, I go as far as to say that we're pretty much safe from relegation now, OK? Shoot me if you want, and I'm sure you might saddle me with, a, with, a, with, with why I'm wrong in just a moment, but I'm going to put myself out on the limb there and say that on 31 points at the halfway stage, I think that we've done enough. Goodness me, we need reinforcements in the, in this January window now if we're going to make anything of it. We've said the importance of, uh, of capitalising on the system that we've got now. Carlos is not going to be around forever. Give the man some money to spend because goodness knows he is working miracles with an absolutely threadbare squad. On the one hand, it's great to watch, but as soon as the slightest thing goes wrong and as soon as we go back to Saturday midweek games, we're going to get caught out again. I've really got nothing to add to what Cam said there, other than that um, I think Corbyn needs to get a little bit better. We didn't look like we got a plan B to me yesterday. Um, uh, and it looks like teams have worked out that they put us under pressure at, at the back. We'll fanny around with it for a, a while until we give it away and make a mistake and, and they'll score something from it. That seems to be like Reading brain it forward at almost every opportunity of the ball over the top yesterday. That's based on putting us under pressure. For me, uh, Corbrand's done an absolutely genius job. I'll, I'll give you that. But we now need to see second half of the season a plan B, and there wasn't a plan B. There was another. There was no gear yesterday. They were talking on the um, the radio about town being comfortable at one nil, and you know they got another gear to go to. Well, when when they went two one up, we didn't have another gear to go to. Maybe because we're knackered. Maybe because we, we've got so little. Um, talent on the bench and that's no disrespect to those lads but we had like three full backs on the bench yesterday no we, we need we need something else we need some quality from somewhere and we just we, we need six seven eight players to, to whip that bench out because Pritchard's got to go dear Carby's got to go and the other lads that are on there just are not not ready for it yet so we need we need a lot of investment um second half but Carlos for me has got to work out a plan a plan b because at the minute we haven't got one yeah, I mean, similar to, you know, it all comes back down to down to the squad and the depth. I mean, I know a lot of people were praising the fact that we've got the, we've had, we've put the same team out for what, five, five games on the spin. But in what is always the busiest part of the season, is the one time of the season you arguably don't want to be playing back-to-back -back squads. And, you know, his, his hand's been forced a little bit because, like, especially like Andy just touched on, if, if you're not picking that starting eleven, who 
realistically can come in and provide the same sort of impact and performances which that that set eleven has done, which which is a shame. But um, I do think you know you, you can praise a lot from consistency, and you can build something on it. But you know, in the season that we've had and the time of of the season that it is, is the time to to make some changes. I imagine next week in the cup, it'll be a case of making as many as possible just to give players a week off. Um, you've seen players like Aitin, who at a time was really starting to tick and start to make things happen. He's His form has, has slowly um, slowly got weakened a little bit, I guess, probably just through lack of um, game time in his career. And he's just getting hit <clears throat> by two games a week um, quite a lot and stuff like that. But I think in terms of these last three games, what Barnsley, Blackburn and Reading, almost watching the same game, similar game, all three. We managed to get his nose in front in a couple and, you know, we probably just were blowing a little bit when it came to kind of like that second half at Barnes are a bit more of a struggle to watch. And we could, if we could just do with a second goal as, as good as Campbell's been this season, you know, he he kind of manages in the past have kind of said he doesn't have 90 minutes of it in him. Um, but, you know, he's showing he does, but to do to do it so often is, is asking a lot. But certainly after yesterday, I know Reading's managers come out and said that was arguably their best and most complete performance of the, performance of the season. So I don't think we need to get too downbeat of losing to a side, which, you know, I keep thinking, oh, they, they're not going to stay up there. They're going to slowly tail off. But they were, they were kind of a cut above in a lot of instances yesterday. But I think a lot of it is going to come down to these next kind of four weeks of the window just to see if we could get bodies through the door because you can see that some of them could just could just do with the rest or, you know, just to freshen it up a little bit. And it's it's been a shame that we've not seen a, a couple more players step in, but you almost can't blame the manager for not making too much changes because you don't want to have another Bournemouth on your hands where you make half a dozen changes and we get absolutely spanked. So it's it's a fine line, but I think this is where the the board needs to kind of, you know, come and commit and support. You know, Carlos has just signed a new contract along with all of his staff, so they're clearly invested in this like long-term project and vision. So let's hope that the board kind of said, you know, you've shown your hand by signing this deal. We'll we'll show ours and get get some more bodies in for you and see if we can see if we can really push on. Look, the Barnsley game was one thing. That was a, a defeat that I looked at and wasn't worried about it whatsoever. Yesterday, um, I thought Reading put in a performance is that. It, probably the best against us all season. It was a very, very professional, controlled performance. And nobody's done that against us yet, like they did yesterday. They were, they were fantastic. Um, probably the word to describe Town's performance, performance yesterday was leggy. We looked tired. We did look tired. We looked to be taking the easy option. Um, the midfielders just weren't quite at it like they've been recently. Um, I've got a bit of a problem with Bakuna and uh, Lewis O'Brien that I'll talk about later, which... Is going <laughs> to might offend Cam a little bit after he was praising Bakuna earlier on, but look, you just leg it. But you can you can look at one thing yesterday, and it's very easy to see where the problem is that we spoke about so many times before. Have a quick look at Reading's bench and options they have to change games if it's not quite going their way. They had um, Elise, who's a 19-year-old guy, so he's another little. He's young, but he's pretty decent going forward. He's got 42 games in his career, so even though he's 19, he's, he's experienced far more than all the guys we have on our bench. Then you have George Puskas, who's, again, he's only 24, but he's played at Inter, Palermo, 150 games at really decent levels, 
right? Then you've got Sam Baldock, who we all know. We've seen him for years. He's, he's played at Premier League level. He's played at Championship level. I think he averages about one goal every four games. And then they've got um, Semedo on the bench as well. He's played, he's played 100 games, including Portuguese top division. Um, he's played 40 in the Championship last year. I think it was for Forest. They're the options that they have to bring on to change the game in the forward line. Not um, Yesterday, Reading changed all four strikers and attacking midfielders throughout the game. And then you look at Town's bench. And we've got Alex Pritchard. And then I think Cam was subbing. Andy's probably on the bench. Matty might have been there as well. The rest of them, we just don't know. The young lads, I know Ben Jackson started for the first, first game of the season or somewhat. But these guys that don't have that many games in them, or Jaden Brown is a young wing. But again, these guys aren't going to change the game. They're not going to be able to do that. Reading have it there. And to be honest, they didn't really need to. I thought they controlled it from the off. But they had the options there to change it. For us, we couldn't react when we fell 2-1 behind because we have no other options there to change the flow of a game if it's not going in our way. There is no plan B, Andy. We've spoke about that so many times before. Fortunately, when your plan A works and you've got a team of 20 players like Liverpool have and 22 players, they can bring players in like now they're suffering a few injuries and they can still carry on playing the way they want to play because they've recruited to do that. We're very It's a very raw state of Corbyn's career, uh, Corbyn's tenure at Huddersfield. So it's going to take a while for them to be able to bring enough people in to, to be able to do that. 46 games a season. We get that. I think the five games in a row with the same starting lineup, it's kind of a curse at the same time as being something amazing in that you can see the players are getting more comfortable in the system. So that's why the results are improving now. We've got more home wins in a row prior to yesterday than in the last 10 years since we took the Mick in League One. We know that. But then, like you say, you can't over Christmas expect to play every player every game and then not to be a drop-off in performance eventually. And yesterday, from going 1-0 up, it's probably the worst thing that could have happened to us. And that sounds crazy, I get that. But six minutes in, we're defending a 1-0 lead. The midfield was sitting deep. The defence was first deep. It just wasn't quite there. Johnny Ogg basically played as a third centre-back all game and not in a 3-5-2 or a or a 3 uh, six, one, whichever way you want to go about or a 3-4-3. He played in a back five. The, the, the wing-backs themselves were pretty pretty far back too from the sixth minute till, till we conceded the second goal. Um, everyone was really deep, and that's that's something that happens when players are leggy, when, they, when they've played too much. You, it's not necessarily you physically can't do it, but your mind tells you not to because you go into reserve. You're trying to see out the 90 minutes as best as you can, knowing that there's nobody else to come on and do it for you. Um, we just look leggy. Uh, the, the first goal, so Fraser Campbell's goal is fantastic. Johnny Oggs played as a high pivot initially. He's won a ni- nice little free kick, played it out to the right. I love a little crossing from Mbenza. Campbell with a clinical finish, but there was some pretty pretty horrendous defending from um, the Red and number 29, the, the defender. He totally missed Campbell, but Campbell did what he had to do and put it away. Great. After that, Town huffed and puffed a little bit, but they weren't much there. Reading controlled it. They didn't. For a team 1-0 down, normally what happens is they, they go at it. You, you kind of think, oh, shit, we're 1-0 down. We need to attack here. We need to try and get back in this game as quickly as we can. And the team that thrives on that the most in this division is Uddersfield Town because we do create chaos if other teams break forward. We've got defenders that overlap. We've got wingers that sit deep to allow the fullbacks to push on. And if a team's trying to chase a game, that creates space in the half spaces um, for, for Town to attack. Yesterday, Redden didn't do it. They didn't bite. They, they just sat at 1-0. They went, now nah, we'll get a chance here. We know Town concede a few goals, even when they're ahead. So let's just sit and play our own game. They stopped us. They sat deep. For the 10 minutes after going 1-0 down, instead of trying to react and, and press forward, they sat deep. And you could see us up and puff, and it just didn't work. So then we started dropping deeper and deeper and deeper because we couldn't create anything. Johnny Ogbach dropped into that back five. The midfielders dropped deeper. And the gap between Fraser Campbell and our midfield was massive. And that's the problem with, the, with the, one of the goals we conceded in the, uh, in the second half. The first goal, though, come on. You can't blame anyone other than Reg, unfortunately. 
he's got to be stronger there. But him and uh, Nabisara both dropping deep and playing everybody on side. After that goal went in, and I don't blame Schofield at all for that, people could have mentioned he could have come out a little bit earlier for it, could have been a bit further up in his box. But to me, that's your defenders every day of the week. He's been pushed off it by, by a strike. He shouldn't have been pushed off it there. He should have totally got rid of it. And he had a the inexperience there of probably both the keeper and the defender was clearing that you could see in the replay, Reg looks back at Schofield before losing the ball. He has a quick look back to see if the keeper can get there because he's worried already. He's, he's tried to hope. That, that, that That's a look of desperation, a look of hope that Schofield's going to come and clean it up. And he wasn't going to, and it was a, it was a class little finish. Um, and then after that, we, we just went a little bit crazy. All of a sudden, Johnny Oak started pushing up. And it, th- there was three instances after we conceded the first goal where Johnny Oak's the most forward attacking midfielder. Like he, he was farther, further forward than Iting and, and um, Janino Bakuna. And we know Bakuna's not a defensive midfielder. We know that. We know that's not where he thrives. And the second goal, there's a little bit of lazy play. Fraser, we, we win the ball back at the... Um, in our defensive four, we pass it around a little bit. We try and go along to Fraser Campbell as we do quite often. And he's tried to play it back, but it's Jonathan Ogg trying to receive the ball. Who's about 40 yards behind him instead of being pushed up because the defense are tired because the midfielders are tired because we've played five games in a row. So they've dropped deeper and deeper. Fraser Campbell's laid it off. Redden picked the ball straight up and done a nice little number that Pip has made an absolute howler at in that he's been turned by, um, by the striker before the goal and, and we find ourselves 2-1 down and then we look at the bench and who can you bring on? No one. There's not absolutely no one there. Honestly, if I'd have had boots, I could have been a better option than what we'd have had there because there's just no strikers. There's no wingers. There's nothing there. And it's pretty clear now what we need to go out and do in this next next week, next two weeks because Plymouth next week, I'd chuck out the uh, the under 18s. So I'd chuck out the, the B team. The cup isn't where we're at this year. We're close enough to the top to be able to chase it. I'd gift the cup away and take the two-week break. I would I'd concentrate on bringing in plays as soon as possible because you can sign somebody this week, Cam, and, and they get two weeks to get used to the Corbin system before our next league game. And you can't underestimate the importance of that. When the Carlys were here and they brought new guys in, they didn't have much time between games to try and imprint the new style of football. That's really important with signings in this division to hit the ground running. There is a chance now with two weeks between yesterday's game and our next league game where we can get guys in if we want to spend the money and get them up to speed quickly. Because like with Baeko, what's happening there? He's played barely any minutes. He, he's not ready. That, that's all it can take to get to get up and running. There's a two-week window now to be able to do that if we act quickly. But will we act quickly? Will we be proactive? Will we move? Will we move before selling? I don't know. I mean, the, 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 my gut reaction to every single one of those rhetorical questions is obviously no. Um, I hope I'm. I hope I'm wrong. And and if I'm thinking on my head there, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you, Ian, about uh, having to put the young kids out against Plymouth and and, and bed in for two weeks and, and integrate new players into the system. One, however, I don't think that we'll get anyone in the start of the window. I think we'll wait for the dregs, like we did in the summer, um, and we'll try and pass it off as if this was our number one plan the whole time. I, I hope that I hope to God that I'm proved wrong, but we've seen it too many times before. And secondly. Um, I don't know, you might have heard, in the, people might have heard in the Super Pod that I, I desperately, desperately just want now, for, for one year, now that we're probably safe from relegation, God, I've said it a second time, I am getting confident with this, um, I just want a cup run, I just want us to be able to focus on the cup, it's been such a shame, we spent all my childhood waiting to get Manchester City or Manchester United in the cup, and like everyone says, we got them in the two years, but we really didn't fucking want them, um, and so, you know, having seen the disappointments of the defeats to Bristol City, etc., in, in, in recent years, I really would like this to be the year that we could focus on it. But the thing is, I know that you're right. We have to focus on the league. Even now, then, there is a 
the slimmest of slim chances that we could do something this year at the halfway stage. We just have to. And so I guess it is going to have to be put the kids out and I hope that's enough to overcome Plymouth. Um, I, won't, I, won't, I, must, I can't confess to knowing too much about Plymouth and the way that they play. Um, they're going to be up for it, I imagine. And so I guess it's going to be it's going to be one of those where it's going to be an interesting watch because who knows you know what our, our second string or our third string is going to be able to do. We we'll probably see a few debuts uh, handed out there, and that could be a good thing in itself. Get a bit of first team experience, but I just hope to God that we would just like this performance to be able to focus uh, on the cup. It would be a nice change to not have to sacrifice it. So the, the, as soon as I hear those words, it's just a dead ringer for I don't know. I, it, it sets something up in me. So for once, for one year, I would like us to be able to focus on the cup. But but you're right, Ian. We don't have the we don't have the squad depth. You know, for once we have the league position be able to put some effort into the FA Cup but we don't have the strength in numbers and again that is that underscores every single issue we have uh, we have uh, we've highlighted on this program uh, so far uh, and it's, it's so frustrating it's so frustrating to see what we could do with just a little bit more in reserve we don't have uh, enough substance we don't have the resources behind us and 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 all the fatigue problems that that, that we that we've called upon could be sorted if we just had an extra player um, in half those positions but you're quite right um, and I know we're going to talk about individuals later on when we look at you know the, the, the half season uh, as a whole. But I'm looking at that bench and I'm just thinking I'm very confident at looking with it. And that's why I thought, OK, we started off well. Uh, the 11 on the pitch, that's one of our strongest. And even now we're dealing with injuries. That's why Reg is playing. Let's be honest, he, he probably is in a position to come off the bench, he and Critchlow. Um, but we're just completely shy of, uh, of centre-halves. And that's a real problem area that we need to look at um, in this window. I don't know. It just it, it frustrates me to see um, that again. The problem that we all flagged in summer is still the problem that is going to plague us in January. And I think at this point, it's going to plague us for the rest of the season. And this is going to be a bit of a what if. Also, to throw a little bit of a spanner into the works. Um, whilst we've been waffling, uh, Alan Nixon just come out that Burnley are very interested in Lewis O'Brien. So we still got the potential in in the the fact that one or two of our players are still going to be attracting interest from around these parts. And, and <sighs> don't want to mention the C word, but um, given the fact that fans aren't pro- realistically going to be in the stadiums probably until Easter at the earliest now and, and, and not, to, till, <laughs> not to any extent until sometime next season... <laughs> You know, there's always a temptation to uh, to cut and run, especially with Lewis O'Brien, who hasn't had a particularly um, good season. Um, is he a one-season wonder? I don't think he is. I just think um, he's a little bit lost in this team compared to where he was under uh, under Danny Cowley. But that's always something to keep in mind. This was the thing I was going to talk to Cam about with Bakuna yesterday. Lewis O'Brien's having now to play out wide on the left to accommodate Bakuna's temperament in when he's playing for town in that if he if he plays out wide he gets lost a little bit because he's a little bit of that ego player he's just not not he's Bakuna is not a winger but neither is Lewis O'Brien but the effort he puts in allows him to do okay so what town have got at the moment is when, when, when we go out and, and set out our first 11 like yesterday and we did it against Blackburn as well O'Brien's wide left so Bakuna puts in a better performance he puts in a seven a seven out of ten performance and Brian does a, a five or six out of ten performance out wide instead of O'Brien getting nine out of 10 performance in the middle and Bakuna as a two out of 10 performance out wide. If I were Lewis O'Brien and his team's interested, I would be gone quickly because at the moment he's suffering from having to cover positions in the team where he can do an okay of a job 
instead of where he's best at playing because we have such a small size in our squad. And that's just a fact. He would not be playing out wide left if we had anyone else that could do it. And, and, and if we had anyone else that could replace Bakuna. But he's having to do that because we've got nobody here. I'm amazed anybody would be interested in, in him at the moment, though, to be fair, because he hasn't been great this year. He hasn't been the best that, that we've seen. He, has, he was injured and it takes a while to get back into the, the swing of things. And, and like you say, with so many games quickly, his recovery period will mean he's not on the training field. He's not on the grass as often as, as other players are. Um, and this two weeks for him could be great. We just we have to keep hold of him, though. Surely he's there's not many people in our team who we need to build around because they're either on too high wages or um, are a little bit old and, and, and not necessarily right for the system that Corbin wants. But Lewis O'Brien seems everything to me in what Corbin wants to bring to town, and, and I'd be for one absolutely gutted if we listen to anything for him in January, especially when you look at how many people we've got out of contract in the summer who really we should be really proactive in trying to get rid of now so we can backfill and um, recruit more fitting players for for what Carlos wants. Well, the only way this could possibly be a good thing uh, and O'Brien going, and I never would have even entertained the prospect up until now, given that he's on the run of form uh, that he is. The, the, the only good thing that could come out of this is if he went early in the window and we were able to reinvest. But I mean, I can see from your faces that, that you think the same as me. That just isn't going to happen. That just doesn't happen at Huddersfield Town. The worst thing that could happen, conversely, is we let him go in the final week of the window and don't get anyone in. And that sounds like a you know a doomsday nightmare scenario, but it's also a very realistic one. And so I don't know. I look at it and I think, all right, okay, we might get a few million in for him. Um, the hangover from last season and the memories of how good he was uh, may just serve to bring in you know a bit more money into the coffers. I know I worry that the austerity measures that you know in place at the moment around the club are, are going to are going to you know sway our hand into uh, in, in, into biting and, and and letting him go. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to lay the blame at the Kuna's door, really, because I've actually been really impressed with him the last few weeks. And OK, you know, O'Brien isn't a winger. He's no more of a winger than Makuna is, OK? And that, again, just screams lack of depth because we should have someone who could fill that position. It ain't a damn idea, Carby. Um, and that's that's the problem we're facing at the moment. And that's what we're going to have to face for now. But I think that O'Brien there is a, is a victim of his own versatility. If, if Bakuna's not a winger, then he has every right to fight for a place in, in, in central midfield. And OK, I don't agree with his petulance. And I think that has been a real scourge on his game. Uh, since he joined. But since he's come back into the middle, I've been so impressed with him. Uh, and he's often one to be scapegoated as well because he's a young lad. Um, he's, he's coming from abroad. He wasn't on the best uh, temperament. He didn't have a great disciplinary, disciplinary record at Groningen. Um, uh, he's coming and you know what? Okay, yeah, he does throw his toys out of the pram. But now that he's been given a bit of responsibility in the middle of the park, maybe he's got a bit of his own way. You see how much he does care. He came off, his leg looked like it was hanging off when he limped off against Blackbird. He was covered in mud the whole way down. Classic trademark of a Sunday uh, morning well spent on the football pitch. You know, he looked like he'd really put a shift in. And still, even though he looked, the young man was hobbling off and hobbling up the steps behind the dugout, he was still kicking absolutely every ball. He didn't sit down after he came off uh, in the Blackburn game. He does care. He does care. And there's certainly a player there as well. A fantastic bit of skill. I can't remember which player he turned yesterday. Was it Swift that he turned a near side in front of the dugout? Um, flicked it up onto his knee, knocked it over, turned round. OK, lost the ball in the second there, bit of play. I thought he should have had a free kick. He's clearly, clearly got some skill. And I feel for Lewis O'Brien because he's one that we really wanted to see on. He's one that we'd earmarked as a future captain, you know, of Huddersfield Town permanently. And I think, OK, the, the recipe for this one is we need someone who can cover that extra position out wide. You mean that we don't have to deploy Lewis O'Brien there? Because unfortunately, like I said, he's a victim of his own versatility. That's why we've seen him playing at fullback. And, you know, that, that that's what you run the risk of being. 
and okay uh you hate to see it and i don't want to see it and i mean no i advocating it but you know if, if, if lewis o'brien was to throw his toys out of the pram would he get shafted out to these positions i don't know i don't know maybe maybe, maybe he's a bit too nice uh, I'm just not sure, but I, I don't want to lay the blame at Bakuna's gates. Finally, we're getting a bit of product out of him. And if that means we have to play him in the centre until we get an option to put out wide instead of Lewis O'Brien, I'm willing to take that for now. No, it's all semantics, isn't it? It's just because Burnley have got some cash for once in their poxy existence. Um, sorry, that's that's going down the line of the in-betweeners. Um, I don't... <laughs> um, what a film. Um, move, before we go through, through the squad and, and the players, uh, let's quickly touch on Carlos Colbrand signing a new deal. Um, a, a, nice, a nice Christmas present to an extent. But equally, do you read between the lines and say, well, somebody must have been sniffing around because usually people who've only just joined the club in the last six months... Don't get new deals unless um, other people are looking at uh, Carlos and going, ooh, well, he's doing a mightily good job, isn't he? Yeah, I think this kind of comes across as one of those deals where it it kind of suits everybody. Carlos has probably got a slightly improved offer um, as well as his coaching staff in that respect, probably length, pay and everything like that. Gives the club a extra bit of security, around you know how long we've we've got him nailed down for but I imagine if someone started knocking we're in a better position to um should he move on to you know be like financially kind of looked after and secure it's kind of one of these Aaron Moy deals where they sign a contract just before they get moved on because it suits every single party I do think you know it won't go unnoticed we'd we'd notice if another team in the league Started, started off well. So teams like Barnsley, for example, they've got a new manager in. People do sit up and be like, oh, let's let's find out and let's listen to more about what this guy's about. So people aren't daft. You know, we've had a few pure seasons. Carlos comes in, starts to really change results, performances. And, you know, you see other fans as much as, you know, Twitter can be a hard place to actually gauge opinion. But, you know, the clubs are... You know, seeing positive signs from us, so you know, I I do think it's one of those deals which gives everyone a bit of a bit of a boost, a bit more security. And I do think, you know, if as much as we could, we could teeter and and have a <clears throat> have a little dabble, looking up the table a bit. But realistically, we're probably going to finish around where we are now. So, and if we get a good start next season, teams might start to start to give us another look and see. But I think from our point of view, it's got it kind of be seen as a positive thing where we have, it's nice to see a manager come out, you know, and say, we're going for this, you know, we're happy here. We want to see what we can, what we can do. We've had a decent start. So hopefully now it does mean the board will start to, start to back their man. You know, they they clearly feel like they've got this one right. It fits in with everyone above him at the club. It seems to fit in with what's going on around him and, and all this B team structure and everything else. So all eggs are firmly in like the Carlos basket. So I think we need to um, hope that we'll continue to progress. You know, it's nice if your manager's getting linked, it means he's doing something right. But obviously we want to, um, we want to try and keep him as long as possible. So it was kind of unexpected news, but I think, I think a positive piece of business from the club all around, I think. So you've got to hold your hands up and say, you know, it's, it's good to get a, a good asset that we've got and, um, 
and reward him and say, you know, we're in it for the long term. I completely agree, Matt. Um, I think it's a good sign, particularly if Lewis O'Brien's been linked somewhere else. There must be a reason for that. Yeah, it's probably based on last season's form, but that's that's a good thing. We're, we're middle of the table. We would all have snapped uh, whoever's offering its hand off to, to get this at the end of last season. Um, interest in the manager, clearly, otherwise he wouldn't have been rewarded. Interest in, well, obviously, one of our better players, but remember, that's part of the town DNA. That's what we do. We bring players in, we build them up, and then we sell them on. And Phil's not not afraid of taking difficult decisions, getting rid of my my darlings, the Cowleys, at the end of last season. I didn't agree with that and still still rankles a little bit, but it was a tough decision and he got it right. And I think that if O'Brien's been linked away and he can get a good deal for Huddersfield Town, he will make that deal and people will whinge and moan and whine about it. And I can understand that, you know, why we're selling our... The, the, the crown jewels but it's it's a good thing that people want our players and it might be the investment that the club needs to to keep it in a, in a good position um so for me although it's disappointing to see you know one of our best players possibly being linked away it's a good thing so i'm 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 pretty pleased with where we are at the minute if you're going to do a, a half term report which i think we're, we're going to look at doing um i'm chuffed to bits remember 18 months ago we were like sheffield united fans are just nothing happening, no wins. How long did we go? 100 games and we won 18 or something? I can't remember the stats, something like that. Look at where we are now. We're, we're, we've we've pushed Reading. All right, they're a really good side, really, really good side. I really, like everybody said, they were the best side I've seen at town this season. We've pushed them a fair bit of the way. We'd have snapped it anybody's hands off for that this time last year. We've, we've gone through an awful two years. The, the green shoots of recovery are there. The new balance are in place. The chinos are in place. It's looking good. We might have to take some short-term pain by, by selling some good players to get some money in to keep us in. I, I think I, I hate to say this, but I agree with Cam. I think we're, although if you look at the, the position in the table, Hull were in exactly this position last year where we are and they went down and they got five more points than, than we've got at this stage. So there's a stat for you. Um, so we're, it's not as good as it could be but it's still way better than I expected to be so I'm chuffed to bits with Carlon's new contract and interested in good players and I think it's part of the, the rhythm of football life it'll happen, it'll probably go if they offer enough money and that's that's a good thing for me I, mean, for I didn't me, know that about Hull uh, sorry Cam, I didn't know that about Hull Andy, did not know that they're in the same position we're at Right, just before you go Cam Say Mbenzo, who's out of contract in the summer, leaves in January for a little bit of money. Say Lewis O'Brien goes to Burnley. Would you be as confident as staying up, Cam, now as well, you were two minutes ago before hearing about Alan Nixon saying that uh, Burnley are interested? Well, to be honest, I think okay, I think the main difference between us and Hull is that we don't have a Jared Bowen that we can that we can ship off. We're not heavily reliant on one player. Um, that was what cost them, and that was a terrible bit of business. That was like the Kinter Marcus Stewart kind of feel, really, wasn't it? Um, and so, yeah, okay, look, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen. I just look at it and I think I think you're quite right, Andy. I think it's easy for us to forget the mess that we've, that we've been in for the last um, few years. And now, if you told me we were on 31 points at halfway stage, when you're effectively looking at, what, 19 to stay up if you're going to go for the old 50 or something, you're going to need, what, seven more wins in the back half of the season? Put us on, what, two points we're probably going to be okay then I'd have taken that all day long all day long and so okay you know if O'Brien was to go well we've not been that reliant on him 
so far. And I think it is flattering to see that teams are obviously coming in. And you're quite right, it is part and parcel of the game. As is, you know, the new uh, the new contract for for, for Corberan. I don't think that really managerial contracts mean uh, mean mean all that much. Uh, but again, okay, it's good to see that we've stated it's a statement of intent. We're protecting our assets. I'm impressed with that. And I think, okay, to take stock of it and to look back at the midway point, uh, I think, you know, okay, I think it, it, it has been in very recent memory, it has been um, a whole lot worse. And so for me, I don't know, I, I think I, I, I struggle with this angst that Lewis O'Brien may leave because we haven't seen a lot out of him this season. And okay, we could keep him for the player that he has been and that he could be. And you might be quite right. You might be that once he get back into his original position, that he's going to look a lot stronger. He might carry the team again because he was our best player last season. But then at the end of the day, everyone's got their value. And his value has probably gone down a little bit um, this season. That's football. And so, again, statement of intent, Corbin great. Uh, interesting, O'Brien happens Personally, I don't know. I, I don't see it as a major issue that could define our season. Maybe I'll end up eating humble pie. I really hope I don't, but there we go. I'm on record now, so I can't hide from it, can I? It's, it's also making the assumption that, that he is going anywhere. It is Alan indeed, Nixon. Indeed. It is Alan Nixon. Alan Nixon's very famous for being very close to agent talk and mm-hmm. you know, new contracts, but also, you know, you know, don't take the, his word. Don't take you know, People believe everything he says. I'm still waiting for David Nugent to walk through the doors of Canal Side, according to Alan Nixon. So, I mean, yeah, I I won't be taking that one uh, as gospel too too early, I don't think. Let's not go full on, um, uh, don't panic, don't panic, Dad's Army just yet. Um, Because otherwise we'll we'll, we'll look a bit silly. But um, we'll we'll, we'll slide on, we'll slide on. We'll we'll look at our half-term report. uh, Huddersfield Town sit 13th uh, in the league as it stands. 1 9, drawn 4, lost 10, 31 points, goal difference of negative 4, 12 points clear of Derby County in the relegation zone, but only 6 points off Watford, who lie in 6th place. Um, anyone enjoy uh, Ben Foster's video from the other week? We'll probably enjoy this one. Um, you saw the Swansea player celebrating in front of his GoPro yesterday. So that's something to go watch in, in, in uh, once you've listened to this. Um, half-term report, I'm going to score out a 10, a very solid 7. I think we've, we've done remarkably well. We could go on about many, many things here. But what I want to touch upon is the man in between the sticks as my biggest positive of the season. So that's biggest positive of the season to start with. Ryan Schofield. Um, two weeks ago, I mean, Gaz talked about he played in a two-on tournament uh, in, in a team alongside players like Harvey Barnes. High hopes for him. Goalkeepers take a bit of a while to develop, really. We haven't had someone like him probably since Alex Smithies. And he certainly hasn't got the hype Alex Smithies had, but that was a different time and Sky Sports haven't been doing articles on him yet. Um He's been fantastic in between the sticks. He's made some absolutely outstanding saves this season. That save against Blackburn was truly world class, for being quite honest. Reaction save. I am very, very hopeful this lad can be our number one for the next few years until somebody in the top league will inevitably come calling because he's young, he's English, and he inevitably gets snapped up. But my positives this season has been him and probably. The young lads who have stepped in and actually achieved something. Reg, mistakes, notwithstanding, he's been a, 
class a little find, hasn't he? Uh, been out on loan to Swindon, etc. But you know, for me, Ryan Schofield has probably been the biggest positive this season. On um, Schofield, and I appreciate, you know, I should have could have said this earlier. Does no one else think that he could have done better yesterday and should have come and got that first goal? No, I thought it. it it's watching it live, I'm I'm screaming at the TV like, keep like, where's the keeper? Sent about talking, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, but I, I feel like you know he's 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 stuck on his line. If he's on his end of his six yard box, he just comes, it just comes and collects that. But I it's mean, experience. You know. It's experience. So when you have a young keeper who is 21 years old, you are going to have mistakes. But he, he, yeah, I appreciate see- that Edmonds Green could obviously, you know, he he can he can do a lot better with the way he's he's defended that ball over the top, and you know. Even in this discussion, we've we've clearly moved way beyond this, but it's a little gripe that I thought I, I don't know. I thought a lot more people might have thought Schofield, that Schofield's to come and collect. I'm gonna give young players a chance, Matt. Just because oh, you're yeah. old and cynical these days. <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah, not. I'm, I'm all for that, but um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he'll he'll probably look at that himself and think maybe he could have done better, or maybe that's that's just me. I've certainly seen criticism of him and, and the way he commands his box. Um, I think maybe that could have been said about the, about about Blackburn, um, about the equaliser. I think okay, yeah, yeah. It's still a game up until then. I remember being on commentary and I was uh, I was summarising at this point, and I was about to give the man of the match, and I was going to give it to him. And I think the only foot he put wrong all game was to parry it straight to, um, straight out to to a red shirt for for the goal. I don't think okay. I think the marking left something to be desired in the box too, but it's just maybe little bits like that. Uh, but then again, yeah, absolutely. That save from Armstrong was absolutely top class. It was straight out of the top draw and he made another wonderful reaction save in the first half uh, um, on Saturday as well. So, you know, for me, I think he's been I think he's been excellent. I, I think I wouldn't personally say that he's been a stand-up performer because I don't think that he's, you know, in his eight games that he's featured, I don't think he's played enough to be to be able to say, okay, right, you, you are, you, he is the best thing that's happened to us this season. But then again, and, and I, feel, I, think, I think we have to talk about the men between the sticks, personally, because I think we're doing a great disservice to Ben Hamer there, who had a torrid season last year. I mean, it was it was so difficult for him, and it was really hard to watch. And there's probably there a man who's benefited from not having fans uh, in the stadium. He actually earned himself the moniker of a bit of a fan favourite. You know, he really got into everyone's good books. He pulled off some incredible saves. I'm thinking back to the first win against Forest, etc. You know, it was unbelievable at times, and uh, uh, distribution got better. Um, he looked like a more accomplished goalkeeper and one that I had confidence in. And it was just a shame that he lost his place in the team through isolation and through injury and not through poor form. And OK, it's his loss is Schofield's gain. And thank goodness me that we have two goalkeepers that we can rely on now. And I think that's the first time, you know, since the days of maybe Matt Glennon and Alex Smithies that we've been able to say that, or even at least Ian Bennett. And so it is a good thing, but I do feel for him. And I say that, OK, I won't give... Schofield, I won't say that he's been my player of the season or anything because okay, he's done great since he's come in. But I think the two goalkeepers, the, the two goalkeepers that we had, and I'm definitely, definitely not including Joel Pereira uh, in this. The two uh, long-standing goalkeepers we've had have been a real revelation, and it's been a real step up. And so for me, I don't want to count Ben Hamer out of this. I think he's really turned himself around um, in the season that he's had. There's a few to go out here, isn't there? I think I think Greg giving it a seven out of ten for a for a season that is as harsh as it gets. Greg, where are you going with that man? Seven out of ten after what we had last year and the year. Be- Although saying that, after how shit we were at the beginning of last year and how great we were at the end of last year, not necessarily performance wise but result wise, 
Jan Seiwert's now at Mainz in the Bundesliga, and the Cowleys are still unemployed and on Quest TV talking about how how other teams should be playing. It's unbelievable that that's happened after what we had to sit through and, and witness last year. I think um, you're looking at the positives. You've got, I think there's two different, I think you can separate that into two different things, Greg. I think you can look at your, your most positive, your best player, and then you can look at the most improved because I think there's two very different things there. The biggest positive we've got has to be Carlos Colbran. Look what he's getting out of the team. I know he's not playing, but we are at the limit now with this squad because of the system he's bringing in and implementing for us. It's unbelievable. I was the biggest critic, bigger than Andy, when it comes to how, how the Cowleys left. We all had a big rage on about that here um, a few months ago when we were all disgusted by it, and I still am, uh, on how it happened. But Corbin's brought a different angle. He's brought a fresh approach. He's got fans in, in, in a time where other clubs are really disengaged. Fans are still pretty excited about what's going on at the moment at town because the football is so much different to what we've seen for, for years. It's fantastic. So the biggest positive has to be Carlos Corberan and his team. And Danny Schofield. We all love Danny Schofield. Just need Andy Booth on the bench as well and we've got the full set. We'll be laughing then. Um, but then you go to the players and the best player is Karoma. Where's he come from? Josh Karoma's been fantastic this season and he could probably win most improved and best player um, at the halfway point. He's been fantastic. He, he, Carl and Grant left and we worried about who could replace him. And we literally had a plug and play guy in Karoma. He offers exactly the same finesse now maybe not at the beginning of the season he was snatching at chances you could see he was raw the confidence wasn't there but now prior to his injury he was flying he was fantastic this season but the most important player to our team isn't even Karoma it's Fraser Campbell and you sponsored a good one there because when Fraser yeah, yeah. Campbell didn't play and we had Danny Ward instead we were in trouble we'd offered nothing our system is really important in that number nine who plays in a little bit of a false nine role in that he drops deep into the midfield so the wingers and even the fullbacks can get around him and, and create havoc on that back line and chaos, as I like to say. And and Fraser Campbell's been the best, most most important player we've had in the team this year. Most improved. I'm, I'm with you, Cam. Ben Aimer, from where he was last year to where he is now. The only person close to him is Mbenza. I, I wouldn't have sat here thinking Mbenza, like, we're all going to be upset when he leaves and there would not be one town fan in the 20,000 or so fans that we've got that would have said that six months ago or a year ago or a year and a half ago or two years ago, two and a half. No one would have said that. To be at this point now is unbelievable and fair play to Isaac Benzer. I thought it was irretrievable where he, where, how poorly he performed to what he's doing now week in, week out. He's been a revelation. Ben Hamer, though, for, to come back, goalkeepers have... Uh, re, we, we, you've seen it like with Papa man's. Maybe when they have bad games, it can it can create demons, and those demons are very hard to exercise. They don't they don't disappear very easily. And Ben Hamer last year had one of the worst runs in a township I've seen since Lukas Djokovic. It was just one of those where everything imploded in that could. It was awful. I felt bad for him watching it. I did. I, and town fans hammered him online, and they hammered him online. Sorry, they had a proper go at him. And it just created a furor that I thought was unfair because nobody chooses to play that bad. But when goalkeepers make mistakes, we all know about it. How can a goalkeeper turn it around after a loan that wasn't necessarily great at Derby that Ben Hamer has? I put it down to entirely that there's no fans in the stadium. I think if the fans were there, it would have been a different question. Um, but Ben Hamer, for me, should be number one keeper still now. I think after Schofield's performance yesterday, I'd be putting Ben Hamer straight back in. I think Schofield's had a, a few games and done really, really well. And I'm a, I'm a big believer in that defences and goalkeepers shouldn't be changed unless you unless you lose, right? We've lost. We've lost. And and to me, the errors in the inexperience in the defence and the goalkeeper a little bit, like you said, Matt, that first goal was a, 
I can't blame Schofield entirely, but I think a good goalkeeper, an experienced goalkeeper, would have saved Reg's error. That's not saying it's Schofield's fault. I'm just saying it could have been stopped if we'd have had a more experienced goalkeeper that demanded his box a little bit better. That's a very different thing. I'm not saying he made an error, but I'm saying somebody could have covered somebody's error if they'd be more experienced in, in, in championship football. Um, and I'd be going back to Ben Aim because I think when he's playing at the back, his, his footwork is, is pretty good. And I'd have, it, I'd have it better than Schofield at the moment, his ball work at the back. He passes out with a little bit more in, intent. I feel a bit more confident when he's there. But um, there's far more positive this year than seven out of 10, Greg. That is tight. I'm going nine out of 10 for the first first half of the season uh, report card. I thought, I, th- I think we've been far better than anyone could have expected. And other than being in the playoffs up until yesterday, um, I think we were close to reaching our top 30 charter target. And that's what the town is. We- we're sniffing where the club wants to be. And after where we were with the anti work, I didn't think it'd be anytime soon. Oh, but I've in this. Nine out we're of 10. Nine this. out of 10. That's, that's having playoffs. nine out of 10. 10 out of yeah, 10's we... top at table. You're having it, Greg, because it's true. 9 out of 10. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. It's, it's better than we, much better than we expected. Um, for me, uh, looking at me, um, the player of the season most improved, um, I'd love to um, nominate my sponsored player, sponsored by AKLD Training, which I love to hear ringing out over the um, the Tanoi to an empty stadium. I really invest, invested some money in uh, What's his face talking to an empty stadium? That's great. Well done, me. Um, but for me, it's Toffolo. Um, the contri- the consistent contribution that he's made through the entire season so far, it has to be Harry Toffolo for me. The, the way that he's on and off the field, love the guy, um, and he's missed the consistency. And he's one of our major attacking threats. You know, the number of times we look forward, and he's beyond Campbell. He's the one in the box. He's had two or three chances. He's scored a couple of goals. You know, that's... So for me, Toffolo's the the player that says no though there should be a, a mention in dispatches for the um, the cream chinos and the new balance whites as being you know like another player without having them in place they 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 runner up in my player of the season so far most improved um this might sound like a cry for the for the old guys but um i think oggy's got better i think it, when the ball used to go to him last season you oh my god he's going to he's going to mess up he's going to give it away his first touch was was dreadful. He's got much better, and he's he's dropping back into the back back three, I suppose, and, and playing centre half, seeing playing crossfield balls, which he didn't used to do last season. So, for me, him, him, and Karoma would be my my two that are, are most improved. But that, I want to give a mention to an off and off the off the pitch thing as well. And I think the comms team at the club have got much much better. We I I called them out on here for being dreadful. At their communication with their people, but the the pre and post show you might think it's a bit cheesy, but actually it's quite enjoyable. I was amazed today that Lee Makel does not look like Lee Makel anymore. I've, well, I've seen the photograph and I wouldn't have picked him out, but seeing the old players coming back and talking about towns being great, I love the access all areas. A bit of a, a nerd for seeing what's going on behind the scenes. Um, they are, the news items have got better, and Devlin shut up on Twitter as well. So for me. The, the most improved element of Huddersfield Town is their communication because um, the players, yeah, you could pick anyone from Mbenza, Hogg, Schofield, Reg, Karoma, uh, uh, but off the field, that's that's the bit they've got best for me. I think <clears throat> I'd, I'd agree with Andy. I had um, Toffolo down as, as my player of the season so far. And I think when we spoke about squad rotation and stuff, because I did also think about Peeper, because as soon as you know, you realize how important they are when 
when they get taken out of the team and the difference the difference it makes to the to that the structure the setup and and just performances so i think Toffolo, you know he arguably could have been up there for in contention last season and he's he's only just kicked on kicked on this year you know he's contributing for actually creating chances and goals and sometimes you see it happens for most games at times things just start to open up down that left hand side and we put it down then you, you can kind of rely on him to to make something of it so i think Toffolo, um as a player of the season shout um will be mine in terms of most improved i don't know if i'd put, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what everyone said about Hamer and the way he's improved. And I think, like Ian said, fans not being there has played the biggest impact uh, on Hamer, I think, than anyone else. But I probably won't pick him because if we kind of we know that there is a good keeper in there. You know, we've seen it. Granted, it were at League One with Charlton, and you know it's, he had a bit of time at Leicester. So I think I think I'd have to go in Benza for most improved because. We didn't know it was in there. Was him? You know, you have seen a keeper in there before. I think Karoma, you know, would have been in for a shout with this again. You know, stepping up to this level was difficult for him. And even when he had a, that little spell at Rotherham last year, I don't think he he wasn't a player that Rotherham were keen to you know get back and an overly impressive. And it was quite a short stint. So I think Toffolo is as the player of the season so far, and Mbenza is the most improved. I'd get I'd get my votes for that, and I know that. You know, we're probably going to move on to maybe what's been a bit more disappointing or who you'd like more from. But I think if I were given the score an out of 10, I'd probably go with eight. I think 10 and nine might be a bit of a stretch. I'm with I'm with Matt on that. I was going to go for eight. I think that, OK, compared to what we had last season and the dross we've put up with for a number of years now, it's just nice to see us play good attacking football. I think that, you know, we can't we can't lose track of how poor it's been. However, also, we can't get too happy clapping. And we've got to think, that, OK, look at all the issues we've just picked out in the last 45 minutes. OK, there is a lot to go. There is a lot still needs to be done on and off the pitch. But it is going in the right direction. I'm really pleased with that. This is a massive, massive month for us now. Uh, before I get too bogged down in that, yeah, eight out of ten will do for me. And I'm glad that you you both said Toffolo because I've got Toffolo written in massive letters on the best player because I think there's a few contenders for it and I think Karoma was in with a real shout it's just hard to give it to him given that he's been out um, with his fitness issues but I think also he had a slower start to the season and I'm really impressed with the level he got up to but Toffolo has just been immense uh, the whole way through he's been so consistent he seems like a genuinely lovely bloke as well which shouldn't count but it does uh, I just think he gives us a whole new dimension going forward we've more or less got a new way of playing that centres around him he's an ever present threat he and Peeper have been absolute revelations but honestly I think that he has just been superb and so for me I can't give it to anyone else but Harry Toffolo and okay for, for most improved yeah I, Isaac and Benza I mean he has just been he's been a revelation as well it, it, it's a completely different player and I was really moved by the uh, interview he gave a few weeks ago where he said he was you know, overwhelmed to get the phone call to say that we actually wanted him back for a third goal and we all thought the club was mad and maybe a bit desperate and maybe they were but fair play to Carlos Corberan because he he has just overarched all this he's got the absolute best out of the player and that was a delectable ball it was an exquisite ball into Fraser Campbell for the goal uh, on Saturday however given the start that Ben Hamer had and the difficulty. And he got no end of abuse. I mean, yeah, OK, I, I always wonder why fans seem to think that players need to know that they're playing badly. I think Ben Hamer probably knows he was having a shit season and then some people took it far too far and letting him know that. But he's put all that behind him and uh, and, and, and he's come out the other side and he's been a really um, esteemed goalkeeper on that side. So for, for me, for him, most improved, it has to have his So then as a, as a democracy, we've, we've agreed. A out of 10? For the season so far, 
some people getting a little bit too uh, premature uh, and excited, Ian. Happy uh, Clappy. Cam's just sat there and called me Happy Clappy. And now no one's ever called me that in my life ever before, Cam. So congratulations, mate. It's the first time for everything. In there. It is just love the, like the Vs that came straight up from the bottom of the screen. Happy Clappy. <laughs> nine out of ten. Compared to where we were last year to now, sniffing playoffs, it's unbelievable. And you tight Yorkshire bastards are sitting at eights and sevens. It's, maybe it's because I've moved away. Maybe that's it. I've moved hey, away and I'm less tight as I was once was. If we can get to the fifth round of the FA Cup, then then I'll move it up to a nine, mate. You know, it, it comes, it comes, but not all at once, okay? We've got to wait. <laughs> what happens with you living in the sunshine and you've got an inch of snow outside your house in the morning? Right, Democracy entails eight out of ten. Most improved player and Benza, best player this season, Mr. Toffolo. Um, we'll go negative. This is my forte. I, I'll save myself to last. Um uh, disappointments of the season and I don't want to target players Huddersfield Town love a scapegoat uh, so I don't want to scapegoat anyone because I think it's unfair and we've talked about Ben Hamer and other players being a scapegoat well biggest disappointment so far uh, I'll put I'll put it to the room the, uh, the the Zoom meeting room what's been your biggest disappointment this season that 94th minute winner conceded against Barnsley when you live in Barnsley it don't get much worse than that for me. Although, to be fair, my bets have been pretty cool about it. Um, from, in terms of off the field, I follow. What's that about? Can we not just make it easy enough to click on it and it works and it happens at the same time it happens on the field? That's dreadful. And he's sorting out. On the field, although he's barely been on the field, is this by Echo, whatever he's called? What's that about? Is he one of Coburn's mates that he's just brought in and I'll get your contract for a year, old lad? Come and sit on bench with me. It'll be fine. Lovely weather in Huddersfield this time of year. You'll love it. Why? Why? Why have we bought him? Um, usual uh, Pritchard, Bakuna suspects. But for me, what was the point in by Echo? Um, so yeah, he's my major disappointment. I expected something good from him, and, and nothing's come. So he's my major disappointment, really. I think um, mine's again. It's tough because is been struck by injuries and not played as much, but I'd probably have to put Danny Ward down as my biggest disappointment so far, which when when we signed him for free, I actually thought it was quite a, a shrewd bit of business. You know, he's, he's had a steady steady enough career in the Championship. Obviously, he's familiar with, with town and town fans. And I did think, you know what, he could arguably be his, his first choice in starting number nine. Obviously, that early injury kind of... Um, you know, gave him a huge setback and when he well, he came back in for, what, maybe two or three games and you kind of, yeah, I know he's got to get back up to speed, but you're kind of hoping, you know what, with Ward, could share the load with Campbell a bit and then he's got injured again. So I appreciate it's kind of harsh to say, you know, a guy that's probably been injured for 75, 80% of a season to say that's the most disappointing thing. But I almost don't feel disappointed in Pritchard, Carvey and a few others because you know I, I almost expect to not expect from them now um so I, i'm i'm kind of not not including them in in be disappointed anymore um Bakuna and o'brien you do watch them and you think oh i know you've got a bit more in you um but again you know they they're playing flat out and you, you kind of can't knock them for you know they've, they've played what with with three managers in the past 18 months so and you know they're still putting it in, and they are still performing well on occasions. But you just kind of want to 
you know that they've got a lot more in them. But I think similar, Danny Ward's got a lot to come, but you know, it'd be nice to see him on the field a bit more and when he's on there contributing with some goals and stuff. So yeah, as harsh as it sounds, I'd, Dan, Danny Ward as performances, not the signing, I think is probably what I've been disappointed with. For me, um, I think there's, there's there's one name and it's hard to it, it's it's hard to ignore. But you know, for my biggest appointment of the season, it's got to be the numerous uh, late winners we conceded. Um, I think that okay, Barnsley was pretty hard to take. I really, you know, feel for Andy as well because at least I don't have the you know have to put up with with with, with living there and getting it up um up all the locals. I thought that the loss to Birmingham with the Jukovic goal was 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 up there as well. That was a bit of a stinger. Um, I was also pretty disappointed uh, against Reading. You know, I thought I, I really thought we could see something happening. We could have gone as high as eighth. I was thinking right, you know, this is where it starts. Twenty twenty one. It's the year of the new normal. New normal. This town's a top thirty club didn't happen and I feel like this is the time when I want to slip in the fact that we have now have to go back 17 years until the day of recording for our last home New Year's win uh, back against Doncaster on the 3rd of January at 2004 my first season my first season as a season ticket holder and in that time we've not won a New Year's home game and in that time we've also had the 6-1 defeat to Leicester uh, on New Year's Day and, uh, and a mountain of defeats uh, also in fact it was Stoke last year wasn't it a 5-2 defeat to them on, a, on New Year's Day in 2020 so not a great time for us that was a bit of a disappointing one to see in the flash but no I think it doesn't go much lower than Barnsley however um, for an individual okay yeah Danny Ward it's hard to ignore that it's, it's just not worked out I said it wouldn't work out I said it wouldn't work out and, I'm, I'm, and I don't feel like I can, I can even claim victory for this one because I think it was just quite obvious that it wasn't really the right move for us at the time I would have been happy to be proved wrong However, he doesn't get my biggest disappointment of the season uh, Alex Pritchard I'm sorry but I, it's, just, it's just not working out yeah, I, th- I think his contract was up at the end of the year. We've got an option, perhaps, of, a, of, of an extra year. I really don't want to see us have to take that option. But do you know what? If we don't recruit, and this is another reason why we need to recruit, we're going to be forced into it because we're going to have no better option. So for me, I'm still waiting for something worthwhile. I think it's going to go down as one of the worst signings in Huddersfield Town history because I just think it's got worse and worse every season. Uh, and so for me, you know, Alex Pritchard has to be the biggest disappointment. Until Cam called me a happy clapper a few minutes ago, I had a different answer, Cam. Now it would be uh, being called that by you on here. That's my biggest disappointment of the year so far. But apart, apart from that, and Andy, I'm not surprised nobody's giving you shit in Barnsley because not many people have the internet over there, do they? So they want to see in the game anyway. They won't know what score it is yet. They still don't know last season finished. Um, <laughs> but other than Diakabi and Pritchard, everyone said everything that needs to be said about that. But with Pritchard, I suppose in the Premier League, you kind of had the excuse that okay, maybe he's one of those players that's top-end championship, not quite Premier League kind of player. There's loads of them around. Sam Baldock, again, who we played yesterday, he's that kind of striker. He's one of those guys, and there's loads of them like that. We know that. However, getting relegated back into the division where he did his best work, you, you look at him playing, you're still thinking he's not even a championship footballer. He's now played under three different managers at this level. Although I don't know if he's played in the side weight. I think he was injured for a little bit, wasn't he, back then? But... He can't, he's not been able to fit into a system in, in that Carl has changed weekly and, and Corbin plays once. It just doesn't fit into the system that Town have played over the last two years. That's crazy. Like for a guy worth as much as he is, or not worth, but who, how much we paid for him, you've got to see something and you just don't see it. You just do not see it there. Or not, not maybe the injury took too much out of him. There's a possibility with that. He's had a few little three, four months, hasn't he? And then they can, you can lose a little bit of pace, you can lose a little bit of turning, but. Pritchard's not what we thought we were signing. We know that. Daikabe barely looks like a footballer other than his pace. You see him play and you just think to yourself, who, who, what, what happened on the tape, the scouting tape? I just don't, I don't quite understand what Daikabe offers to Huddersfield in, from what 
we were looking for at the time in, in that that summer of horrific transfers. I, I don't quite get it. So we know that. But if you're looking, if you're looking at this year, this from uh, July 2020 to now, um, who's disappointed me the most? There's two centre backs that have disappointed me the most. One of them's a uh, Richard Stearman, Cam, your best mate. Um, he started okay, then got crap, and then went okay again, and then went really, really shit. And the other one, unfortunately, Greg, for you is Chris Schindler. I thought he was, I just didn't have the confidence in the centre-backs that we've had for the last few years. They, they definitely seem to be getting on a little bit. And then you look at Naby coming, and even um, with Edmunds Green mistakes yesterday, they, they, we still look more solid with a very inexperienced centre-back. And Naby who's been a bit of a, a championship staple defender than and two defenders that we thought would offer much more in Stearman and Schindler. We know how good Schindler has been, and we know that he's he's at the end of his career. He's not quite got everything that that he once had, and he doesn't offer everything that he he did have. He has done previously. So honestly, for me, guys, the, the disappointments were would have been Elphick, but obviously he's he's not playing. But he was terrible last year. Stearman and Schindler they didn't fit into the system as well as I wanted them to, and we look better without them. And I just like I'm, I'm amazed and Benz has turned the corner. I wouldn't. I've ever thought I'd been sitting here at the halfway point thinking Naby Sarr and the type of footballer he is big and strong and he, he offers a lot going forward. He does. He, he, he's a centre-back that traditionally we've not really had at town, the, the football-playing centre-back that he is. Um, but to not be able to fit or, or to not get the best out of Stearman and Schindler in our system was very, very surprising and quite disappointing to me because Schindler's a bit of a hero. Come on, everyone loves him. He's been fantastic. And to see him not be able to play as well as Somebody's inexperiences. Edmund Green's in this system is is surprising. Um, so my disappointment was was there. Other than what I imagine Greg's going to talk about next. Well, I'm just going to touch on Schindler and Pritchard here because the other day, I, you know, when it comes up on YouTube recommended for some reason, it was West Ham one, Huddersfield Town one at our spot uh, the season we went down, and Pritchard scored a very nice goal seemed to pick up, be picking up into the spaces and the runs completely disappeared. Uh, you know, and we talk about a crisis of confidence. I think he's he, he's got no confidence in him. There is a good player in there. You don't have a decent career like he has. But on the flip side, I, I was watching Schindler try and get back from West Ham. Uh, a chance that West Ham had, I think. Uh, and Altovic would have been at the chance. And it looked like he was turning in treacle there. And Ian's touched on this before. And it is, you look at Stearman and Schindler, when your legs start to go, and I suspect it's because Ian's going through it right now, <laughs> it is that kind of, you, you kind of start, he looked like he's turning to treacle and, and turns more like Per Mertesacker does these days. And it's really extremely disappointing because I love Chris Schindler. I have a shrine to him still. On my uh, on my mobile phone, I look at his picture every morning that I get up. So yeah, that's one of the big disappointments. Danny Ward again. I was a paid up member of the Danny Ward fan club the first time he was here, more because we got pissed with him in Tokyo's. Um, <laughs> I think Ian and Matt, you were there when we had our picture of uh, with Alan Lee back in the day. Um, and there's always been a player there. But I think the big one of the biggest disappointments for me is actually the fact that we. I was watching uh, New Zealand versus Pakistan yesterday and New Zealand have got crowds in watching cricket and I would love to be in that ground right now. Um, and the shit show that this country's in, that 
means that other countries can watch live sport while whereas we're paying 10 quid to watch i follow with radio commentary that doesn't match up is perhaps the biggest disappointment for everyone at the minute um i've given up with i follow i just listen to it on um on radio leads now because it, the the quality is is absolutely fucking horrendous and it's the one thing i wish that clubs would all the club would be a bit more vociferous about if they if they can be because obviously it's an EFL thing I think I think we've been a bit shortchanged because let's be honest the rest of the season I don't really expect us to be doing anything except watching it on whatever I follow account so I think that's probably one of the biggest disappointments for me not being in the ground because of how badly the situation has been managed in this country but two that we haven't been given a, a a product that we can actually get behind and watch because, you know, I would love to be watching Town Live every week. Now listen to Andy's name being sung around the grounds. Other training services are available for balance. But I think that's the biggest disappointment for me. Looking ahead, and we've given up predicting results because, uh, well, we're fucking useless if we're being quite honest. But um, FA Cup, we've said it already. Do we just play the resis? Yep sack it off, look down the line of, right, let's win some more league games and, and make sure we're safe first. Or do, or do, or do, we, have a, do we do a camp up and have a cup run? I think you are all, if I think on my head, I think you are all correct. We have to throw the young lads out. It would be it would be scandalous and preposterous to, to argue that we could put our already thin squad out against Plymouth Argyle. No disrespect for them, but we've got bigger games coming up with Watford the week after. There's no way we can do that. And so we have to hope that the second string has got enough in them um, to get past Plymouth. Who knows? You know, they might not come full strength as well. They might be focusing on other things. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be silly to imagine anything else, but I would just like us to see a scrape pass, not get a big team in the next round. We can't go and enjoy it anyway, can we? We can't even go and enjoy getting, you know, like um, Dog and Duck FC away in the next round because we can't go there either. So let's have a middle of the road League Two team at home and, and get ourselves a bit further on. And then you start, you have to take it a bit more seriously, then don't you? But no, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right. We've got to go for a week inside, rest, rest, rest. Plenty of players, give some more experience out to the likes we've seen on the fringes of the side. Uh, Brahima Diara being one, exactly. Phillips another. Um, that's what we're going to expect to see, isn't it? And for that reason, it could be a bit more of an even and, and an interesting game. I'm not entirely sure we've got behind the scenes entirely to make out a front 11, but my front three would definitely be Scoffer on left because we know he's banging when he's out there. I'd have Phil Hodgkinson up front because I think he's a bit of a unit. I think he'd be able to do all right. And I'd have Brookie Kitman right wing because I played against him before. I know he can do a job out there. I'd just put out, I'd put out the reserves. I'd, put, I'd just chuck him out there. Um, again, focus on the two weeks, rest and, re- and recovery for, for the first 11. Learn a little bit more about how Corbyn wants to play, get the new guys in. I'm amazed Rolando Adams has, Aaron's hasn't been announced just yet. Shouldn't he be in by now? If we were minutes away from signing him at the and the last transfer window. Does it open today or tomorrow the transfer window for, for town? Anyway, he should be in. Um of all the players I want to see, I want to see a little bit more Ibrahima Diara with his little dirty spins on either box. He just goes for it. Let's get the young lads out there, let's give him a go and let the let the first team recover in a game that doesn't really matter too much. And at what, 100 grand for us if you win through to the fourth round is not going to do much for us anyway, but Plymouth might be able to benefit from it. I'm not saying I'm going to chuck the game away, but a couple runs for me, Cam, sorry, mate. They're just where we are at the moment and, and where we could be if we really focus on how we can play in the league with our first 11 and with a few additions, it would be my focus at this point. Um, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd just put out the, the kit man and, and see what he can do. 
Am I right in thinking there's there's no replays? That it's is it penalties after extra time? Yeah, straight through. Which I think is pretty decent this season. Like the penalties just block shit out of it for 120 minutes and then um left penalties. We're good in them. So we'll just bring we'll bring first team on to take penalties. Have five of them on bench designate penalty takers and just defend. It's one of those that you just hope we get out of unscathed. Worst thing to happen would be, you know, like somebody plays like a hoggy or um, something like that plays and then gets injured in it. Um, so you just want over and done with as quickly as you can. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love a, and with Cam, I'd love, a, love an FA Cup run, the great. Um, not that we've ever really had one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it would, be, it would be great to get through, but it doesn't matter. Just as long as we come through it unscathed, for me, that, that's the whole thing for me. That everyone said, I'd, I'd make wholesale changes next week and see what um, gives some youngsters a run out. What do it D- like Danny Grant's ill? Does he officially join us? What tomorrow, like as of first of Jan? Is he now? Isn't is now ours? I, I think he's uh, so the transfer window opened yesterday, I believe. So I, I believe he's now fully registered, paid up. But it's it's that B team kind of thing, and yeah, it's the way that they want to bring him through. But again, it's probably the perfect game to chuck him in, see what he's like. Because, you know, um, you play in a lower league opposition. Who knows what's going to happen? I'd, I'd love to see players like Danny Grant and maybe a couple of us coming in. Give them an opportunity. Have a bit of a laugh. It, it, it's a weird season and, and it, it's it's strange time. It wouldn't surprise me at some point this season gets paused again. Um, given the fact that all the Premier League footballers seem, don't seem to be taking the rules very seriously. Uh as we've seen with Spurs, West Ham and now Benjamin Mendy getting escorts in for himself over Christmas. Law until themselves. Um, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, Huddersfield Town, as I said, 13th in the table, 12 points clear of relegation, 7 points clear, uh, short, shy of the playoffs. Perfectly mid-table. That's where we were all love to be. 8 out of 10. That's what we're saying. 8 out of 10, apparently. And Ian Kilroy's a happy clapper. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Let's hope 2021 will be a better year than last year. As I said, I suspect it won't, but, you know, I, I always like to be proved wrong. Um, Andy Kay, thank you for sponsoring for us. Campbell, Matt Gabrielli, Cameron Pope, Ian Kilroy, thank you all for your time. Enjoy your year. Hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We will be back next week. Ciao for now. <laughs>